Hi everyone, this is Mira. This is Ankit. Welcome to Leaving Footprints, where we talk to professionals from different backgrounds to bring our audience insights into their field. So today, before we begin, we actually wanted to take a few seconds of silence to show our condolences to all those affected by the shootings in Boulder and Atlanta over the past week. So we believe that we need to see change in the world and it's our responsibility to take the steps to make this happen. Um, we'll be sharing a couple links on Instagram uh, for petitions you can sign around these kinds of issues. We'll also be putting all these links in our description below as well. So please do go and contribute as it is really important to see just change happen. Right. Let's get so, started. Yeah. So for today's <laughs> guest, we have someone extremely special. She's one of the most positive influences in our program so far. Um, she's our career coach and advisor for the program, and she also teaches in our professional seminar. Welcome, Brittany. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I'm very excited to be joining the two of you today. Thank you so much, Brittany, for taking out time to come here. Um, we know you have a lot of uh, students to help out, uh, and we really appreciate you taking out time to just advise our listeners and stuff. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so I guess to begin with, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Sure, yeah. Um, Ankit, like Ankit said, um, I currently serve as the Associate Director of Career Services for Specialty Master's Programs, specifically the MS in Business Analytics, which you are both very familiar with at the Mirage School at UCI. Um, I've been here in this role for uh, about three and a half years. I was very lucky to actually start my role along with the program. So your first uh, the program's first day of orientation was also my first day at UCI. So I really oh, wow. have grown. Yeah, I've grown right alongside this program, and it's truly been a joy to watch. Um, prior to that, I worked for about six years at Chapman University, which is just down the freeway. Um, mm -hmm. Spent most of my time there in the Ardres School um, helping business students, mostly undergrad students, before I transitioned over to the main campus career center where I was responsible for career education for the entire university, way up through PhDs. So I'm truly passionate about this field. I love helping students start to connect what they learn in the classroom with what they can use that information for out in the marketplace in the professional world after graduation. So professionally, that's where I'm coming from. Um, I hold two degrees, uh, both from Chapman, actually, that's my alma mater as well, um, an undergrad degree in the humanities, and then I have my master's degree in leadership development with an emphasis in um, human resources and also higher education management. So um, sort of where I'm coming from, I am married. I've been married to my husband for coming up on three years we live here in Orange County in Tustin and I'm yeah excited to excited to chat with everyone today yeah that's awesome I, I think it's really important for like I for me personally I've talked to you for over maybe like about a year now because I reached out to you before the program started and I, you've helped me so much so again just thank you so much for coming on yeah I think especially yes. we've had some really good conversations and as an international student, we have to think about a lot of things when we are applying for jobs and even like searching for jobs and preparing ourselves. And I think for all of our students in the program, Brittany has been a huge help in kind of just improving our skills and actually implementing what we learned in class to how we can implement in our job search. Um, and I think the pro seminar class is one of, one of my favorite classes personally, because we definitely kind of just it's kind of a culmination of everything we've done in the program and kind of just implementing that into what we can do eventually in the future. So thank you again for being here. Yes, that's great.
so I think we can, the first question to me from me would be that what made you want to go into the career and professional development realm? Yeah. So this is a great question because I really got the the flip side experience of this. And I didn't go into that when I was telling you about my background, but straight out of college, one of my first jobs was actually working as a recruiter in the aerospace industry. So I was recruiting engineers and even, you know, anyone from working on the assembly line at a manufacturing organization, all the way up to management levels and things like that. Um, But my favorite thing to do when I was working in recruitment was work with university professionals who are basically who I am now. So I got to connect from the recruiter's side with these professionals who would tell me about their students and the programs that they had and opportunities for me to come on campus to recruit students. And it just looked to me like that was the sweet spot of my industry, right? I loved interacting with folks, but every time I'd be in an interview and I'd see somebody, you know, do something that I would deem as the wrong move, I wanted so much to be able to stop what I was doing and coach them through to make sure that they were able to get back on track and represent a company makes it a little bit more difficult. Things are competitive at that stage. I couldn't just stop what I was doing to help. So I realized I think probably the best place for me would be on a college campus um, and helping students connect with the recruiters like me at that moment. So that's kind of what drove me to this. And um, I, I sort of started at that moment once I realized that just looking for opportunities as quickly as I could. And I ended up back at Chapman. Wow, that's really awesome. I think like that goes directly into the next question that I wanted to ask. Yeah. But so like you said, like working in a university, it seems very fulfilling. Like you get to help the students and like, you know, they're the next generation in the workforce. So you're kind of preparing them for that. So like what's been a highlight in, in your experience for your career? Like has there been a, a specific student or anything that you will like always remember and like how you've helped them? Yeah, I, you know, some, the, the first thing that comes to mind here, and of course, I have so many of these moments, right? You're absolutely yeah. right. It is spot on to be able to watch a student from setting a goal and putting the effort in and actually achieving that goal all on their own with me just saying good job and boosting confidence along the way. It's just delightful to watch. But I um, will never forget the first student I worked with that Chapman. Um, I helped with his resume. He was an accounting student. Um, He was applying for a really competitive role. Maybe three weeks after our appointment, he burst through the door in my office with his hands up in the air and said, I got the job and was so excited. And it was just, it, it was so, so fun to be able to be part of that experience for him and so gratifying and flattering that he came to express his success to me with so much enthusiasm. So, you know, you never forget sort of the first time you're able to influence somebody in that particular way. It was really delightful to be able to see that. Um, he was this big basketball player guy who was a, a business student. So it was kind of funny to see him run into my office like that with so much excitement. So that um, was probably the most memorable because it was the first one, but they are all just as exciting to me. So you had an influence on a lot of students' lives. Are there anyone who has influence in your lives, like just your career and everything? Oh, that's a great question. I learn from you guys 
every day. Every time I talk to you, every time I engage, um, I absolutely learn something new. Um, some of my favorite moments where this has happened, it's usually in pro seminar, right? So the two of you are very familiar with the structure of that class because we do yeah. it online. Um, and sometimes when it was happening in person, we get into some heated discussions. There is no exact way to find a job. This is not a science. It's an art, right? So everyone's got a different perspective on things. And some of my favorite moments are when students, you know, respectfully and tactfully push back about what I'm mm -hmm. suggesting or saying that they have a difference of opinion about what works. And I love when we're able to get a rousing discussion about what's worked for people in the past, what hasn't, and then really pick apart the fact that people who do what I do or who are recruiters, they're just people with opinions and everyone's going to look at things differently. And, and it's really difficult to understand exactly what's going to work every time. So I love these moments where we're able to kind of throw around the concepts and, and see what works differently for different people at different industries. Yeah. I, I just want to say two things. Like first the, about the previous story where somebody burst into your office and then also about the classroom discussions, both of these have been impacted by the pandemic. Like, I would love to burst in your office, but me you too. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. And then the with the participation and stuff, like how have have you found that really challenging? Like, I know for us, we it's like kind of hard to participate on Zoom, and there isn't too much discussion. Like, I I wish it was kind of like how you said it was, but it's also hard on both sides. Do you have like comments about just how the pandemic has been with your career and everything like that? Yeah, I mean, it has it has been a challenge. And I've said this to you too in class before. It was never something that occurred to me that I would need to help students navigate and coach through a job search in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. This is just something that um, sort of flipped everybody's world upside down. So, you know, to kind of back up, a little bit that those moments to come to my office or coming to the front desk of the career center and surprising me just to tell me good news or stop by and say hello or even just standing in line with you guys at Starbucks and getting to check in um, that has been a huge huge impact for me to the negative I, I miss that very much I miss that interaction very much um, and then adjusting to things on Zoom for class, there have been a lot of interesting pros and cons to that. There are absolutely some great things about it. Like the fact that I can just throw you guys into breakout rooms with people you don't know and force that kind of connection and interaction, um, I think has been pretty beneficial for, for most of you. And most of the time, it seems like it goes well. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't necessarily happen when I say get into groups in the room. You all just go to hang out with your friends and the people that you're connected to. Mm -hmm. So yeah. a lot of that has been positive. But Regarding the things like discussion and pausing for questions and things like that, it's really had to, uh, I've really had to adapt my style and the way that I approach that. I'm a, a quick paced speaker. I like to get moving and move on quickly. And I really had to slow down, allow for some awkward silences and pauses to give folks enough time to unmute, to type out a question, um, and to really sit with something before moving forward. That That has been a big challenge. And and also not even getting the feedback, the normal feedback that I can get during class to see if things are going well, if I need to review something again, go back over things. You know, if I'm sharing a screen, I can only see four to six of your faces at a time. So it right. makes things a little tricky. So are you noticing any significant changes in the way like students are coming to you for like advice and help? Yeah. Um, that is another positive that I'm going to share out of this. I would say that there has been an uptick in outreach for one-on-one -on -one appointments with me. And I think for a few different reasons. One, it's super convenient. You don't have to leave your house. You just have to be available to log in. It makes mm -hmm. it way easier to find an opportunity to connect. 
Um, and then secondly, I'm, I'm, this is this is a positive thing that's coming out of something kind of negative. There is an, an anxiety and an urgency that I feel from the student body, both from last year's class and this class, feeling nervous about what's going on in the economy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the conversations I'm having are around managing uncertainty and being able to navigate through um, something you don't have nearly any control over and even less control over than you used to when an applicant for a job seems to feel like they have less power in the situation. So those kinds of, of, of thoughts and coaching through how to manage discomfort in that, in that way has really become the, the foundation of most of my conversations with you guys. Um, and I'm very proud of how resilient these classes have been. You guys are, are on top of this. You don't let anything get you down for too long. And you're really um, ready to kind of hit the ground running, which I've been just kind of in awe of. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that there's been an uptick. Yeah. Because personally, like when I was an undergrad, I never went to get any help. And it just, the help is there. And you're also paying to get help kind of in a sense with through tuition and everything. Like, do you have any advice or any, I guess, how, like, how can we get more students to get help? Because the people who are helping are so good at it. Like, I really appreciate getting help from you. But like, sometimes you just don't know that, oh, well, you know, it's okay. I can go there and they'll help me if I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a secret, and this is something I don't always share, but I'm happy to share with you and your listeners. When I was an undergraduate student, mm -hmm. I never, ever once went to the Career Center, mm -hmm. which is ridiculous and hilarious considering where my life has taken me after that, right? So mm -hmm. I think you're spot on. This is the sort of resource that folks feel that they, they may not be ready to access, right? People have the impression that a career advisor is someone who helps them with the last step of the process, how to apply, um, how to make sure that their already written resume is good to go and for edits. When really what I'm here for and what the rest of the folks in my profession would say is that we are here from the, I don't know what I wanna do with this degree, all the way to negotiating those offers that come through. So we can help with strategy, we can help with, um, really just setting some goals and learning about yourselves. Um, something I didn't share in my intro is that in addition to this role, I'm also a certified um, Gallup Strengths uh, administrator. So I, I'm able to use the Clifton Strengths Assessment to help folks determine what they're great at, to help navigate difficult conversations, put together networking strategies. So I think one of the biggest misconceptions about career centers and resources on campus are that you need to have something figured out before you go. Mm -hmm. If someone just walked into my office and said, how can you help me with things? I would be so excited. We could start from ground zero. I would be happy to coach through those things. But that first step can feel really intimidating if you think you need to have something already before you walk in the door. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's definitely a huge misconception because when I was an undergrad as well, um, I think I was extremely overwhelmed by the fact that, okay, I don't have my resume ready. I don't have my career, sorry, cover letter ready. So I just have to like, okay, I have to prep before going to the career center. I never thought, I essentially never thought that I was ready enough. Mm -hmm. And then I think that's, it's really good to hear that we just need to go there to kind of understand how we need to figure things out and use everything available to us. Absolutely. So, uh, I think let's get to the more advice part of it, which we wanted to talk to you about. Sure. So what would you say are the three most important character skills to have to find success in networking? Because I think that's a huge overwhelming part for all of us, like networking, because even without the pandemic, LinkedIn was a huge like aid in terms of networking. And with the pandemic, everything going online, 
LinkedIn has become even bigger. So mm-hmm. what would your advice be for that? That's a great, a great question. Let me see if I can break it down into, into three distinct pieces of advice. The first thing that popped into my mind is just sort of the mindset that you're going to do it anyway, right? You're going to feel nervous. Do it anyway. You're going to feel like you have too much going on and that you don't have time to make this happen. Do it anyway. You're going to feel like you'd rather be doing anything else besides awkwardly talking to strangers in the middle of a room or on a Zoom call in a breakout room. Do it anyway, right? So that's just sort of the the way that you you have this mindset that networking is necessary and it also can be really fun. So that's my second thing. Networking does not have to be painful. Networking is making professional friends. So it's finding people who have connections to things that you're interested and that you want to do and having a genuine eagerness and and interest in learning more about their experience, whether they can refer you to a job in the future, whether or not they can, you know, offer you something that will turn into a lucrative opportunity, that should be beside the point. The, The main point here is to focus on having positive interactions with people. And remember that in these positive interactions, even if you're just a student, student right now, in quotes, um, you have things and perspectives to offer these professionals that they don't already have, even if it feels like you don't. So you have plenty to bring to the table here. Um, I think that was kind of two things, maybe. Mm-hmm. Might have broken up. That's but... honestly really encouraging to hear mm-hmm. because yeah. it kind of just gives us students kind of the push, okay, we what we have right now is enough and it's going to just going to, and we're just going to learn as we grow. We, learning is not like a one-stop process we keep learning every day so I think that's really good to hear from you yeah and then the last thing I want to share is I'm always so surprised when I ask students the question um, you know how many of you are certain that your family knows exactly what your career goals are Um, people look at me like I'm crazy like oh my gosh no I've never talked to them about that I don't talk to them about that I try to avoid talking to my family about my career but these are your people. Everyone's already got a network for, you know, for the most part, in, in most instances, you are born into a network of people who are rooting for your success. So those should be the people that you know and go to first to share exactly what you're looking for, exactly what your goals are. They know people and there's no one that's going to be more willing to help you than people who are in your personal family and friend connection list. So make sure your family knows exactly what it is you want to do. Don't avoid the questions at holiday gatherings. <laughs> Tell them what you want to do with this degree when you graduate and make sure you've got them rooting for you out in the world. Yeah, that's actually, yeah. Go ahead, Peter. Uh, I was going to say to the previous point about being genuine, like I think that's extremely important because I, I don't know like um I've had like people ask me as well like when I was in my previous job to like kind of network with me and you just you can just tell when someone's not being genuine and it, it's it makes it so much harder to connect so yeah absolutely be yourself you have great things to offer okay yeah so actually I was also saying that some of the posts which you guys see on Instagram uh are a lot of strategies which actually Brittany has taught us about <laughs> the star framework and everything i was so excited when i saw that it's everything which britney has actually spoken to us about in pro seminar class and actually what me and mira have been actually implementing in Mm -hmm. our job search at the moment and it's been helping a lot uh so definitely check those out if you haven't already yeah and then look out for a post about advice on networking because i'm gonna make that based on what britney's saying to us awesome can't wait to see it So for our listeners who are either fresh graduates or looking for jobs, what is the best advice you can give to them in terms of like how to efficiently find career opportunities? 
Mm. So actually locating the positions and things like that. Excuse me. Well, first of all, the easiest way to go about this would be aiming for that low hanging fruit, right? So you've notified your network about what you're looking for. You've told everybody sort of exactly where, where you're aiming. So if anybody's going to come to you at that point, you're sort of setting yourself up in that instance for opportunities to fall into your lap. So if you do that work and you have these little search agents out there in the world, helping you look for opportunities that doubles, triples your opportunity uh, options based off of how many people are helping you. So that's sort of step one. Step two would be um, to, as we've kind of pointed out, of course, UCI resources are available to you and other UCI students. Every college campus has this available to them. And also, in most instances, there are ways for alumni of universities to tap into those resources even after they leave. Sometimes that's a paid resource. Sometimes it's free for lifetime um, opportunities to connect. So make sure you're staying on top of all of the resources you have. Most career centers have systems where jobs get posted that allow you to create um, automatic email search agents. So you set up criteria and that way the opportunities come directly to your email inbox. Another passive way to sort of uh, allow these opportunities to get to you without a lot of legwork so that you can have this happen in a way that's more manageable for you. Um, and then the third step would be that proactive source of looking for things. We've got the, the main um, areas to look at, which would be LinkedIn has a ton of job postings that's really quite quickly becoming the main uh, focus of recruiting opportunities yeah. and postings on LinkedIn. Um, Indeed is a nice place to look. And then finally, in, in most cases, a large organization is going to have their own careers section on their website. So if they're going to pay to have jobs posted somewhere, they'd prefer to drive that traffic to their own websites anyway. So mm-hmm. scrolling down to the bottom of the page and clicking on that careers section to search for opportunities um, is a, a nice proactive way to do that. Um, so the, the um, last part that I wanted to kind of share as far as looking for opportunities goes is I've just sort of given you the floodgates, right? So if you do all of those things I've mentioned, you're going to have a list of opportunities so long, it's going to be difficult to manage, to remember what you've applied for. So the, the final step in here is making sure that you've got an organizational plan ready to keep track of all of this stuff. So creating an Excel database with the link to the posting. Um, remember that postings don't exist forever. So once they pull them down, you can't access what they said anymore. So copy and paste that into a Word document, save it for yourself somewhere so that you have access to all that information. You know, worst case scenario, and I will share that early in my career, I had this happen to me. I was applying for positions left and right. Somebody called me for a phone interview and I had to ask them what job they were referring to because I'd applied to too many things and couldn't keep track of it. So you want to make sure that you're always ready to go and on top of these these, um, situations if somebody reaches out. So make yourself a database, a tracking sheet, so that you can manage all of these passive and active ways that you're sourcing opportunities. Yeah, I think that's really helpful because I've been in a situation once where I couldn't remember what the job posting said. I felt Mm -hmm. so awkward. I know, it's hard. But yeah, additionally, I was going to say, I think that's really helpful because it's really overwhelming when you are just like scrolling through LinkedIn or looking at job posts. It's yeah. So making an Excel sheet has helped me definitely. And some of these websites even even have the opportunity for you to save things. LinkedIn will help you organize this Mm -hmm. stuff and save opportunities in your favorites and things like that. But again, everything disappears at some point. So you got to keep track of that info. 
honestly yeah. like linkedin and facebook like and even indeed gives you, so I, right now i've signed up for like the notifications of the job the job titles i really want and i get the notifications okay these are the jobs available in like in the state of california so what i've been doing is kind of just uh, from britney's advice uh, i've been writing down the every company and the job and just kind of saving the posting and it kind of just really helps to see it all in one place and just kind of and if you want to okay you, you're going to apply to this job today so just go from co excel spreadsheet you need to go to this job. and then like if you have applied like indicated with a green color or red color it really mm-hmm. just helps to keep in track of what you have done so far and it makes it easier for especially when you inter- hopefully when you're interviewing you kind of have an idea okay this is what i've already done so now with this posting how does the posting uh, kind of match what i have in terms of skills and we can kind of leverage that in interviews as well absolutely that's great and even having that list like you're mentioning color coded with what you've applied for and what you haven't it's nice to feel and have a a a, a list of what your work has gotten you right it's a, almost yeah. a list of accomplishments to be able to look back and say i've put all this work into my job search i'm really genuinely dedicated to this and it makes you feel good to see the things that you've accomplished in that way even if it landed a role yet you're it shows you that you're working hard and making progress yeah i agree too um and since we're talking about like career search um how have you seen the job search process change after the pandemic and do you have advice for what our listeners can do to prepare themselves for these changes um, I think my first piece of advice would be get used to looking at your own face on camera, right? So that is that is sort of the 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 biggest change to this process where we've gone from virtual interviews happening only for people who are looking to relocate or are not necessarily in the close enough range to get in person for an interview. This has almost exclusively shifted to virtual recruiting. And even sort of the phone screen without a video chat is becoming a thing of the past because people are so used to being able to see you while talking to you because of Zoom and Microsoft Teams and all these virtual um, ways to interview. So it can be a tricky thing. You have to consider things that you would never have thought before, like glare on your glasses if you wear glasses and someone being able to see your eyes or lighting in your room or what's behind you or whether or not you have a professional looking setup to conduct an interview in where you're not showing everybody your messy bed behind you, right? So the the sort of visual aspect of an interview has changed a lot. And I think, you know, because of the the ease of this and sort of the convenience of it, I don't necessarily see this going away anytime soon. I think companies are going to continue this virtual format because it is so simple. Um, you don't have to book a conference room. You don't have to, to do any of the other logistical things that require getting a candidate onto your location. So yeah. getting comfortable with being on video is probably the biggest change. Um, and then aside from that, the, the market itself is a little bit more competitive right now. The economy is in a position where there are more job seekers than there are opportunities by a lot more than there were a year ago, right? So there are uh, things have just become a little bit more competitive. So keeping that in mind, not letting it discourage you, but being prepared for a little bit more work to land what you're aiming for just based off of the competition out there. That's actually, that's really good advice because I think uh, with the pandemic, I've seen myself, especially the uh, compared to fall quarter and just winter quarter, I have seen myself kind of keeping my camera on and being more open to keeping my camera on in the winter quarter because I've kind of gotten comfortable with the virtual environment. And if I hadn't been a part of like a school program, at the, like if I was doing a job right now, I would have been 
I don't know necessarily if I would have kept my camera on the entire time because I wasn't sure of the environment. But I think being in a school environment where it's better to kind of engage with the professors and kind of talk with them about what's going on, um, that kind of just like prepares me for eventually when I do have to interview. And I think that's what the main intention for me, keeping my camera on, is usually uh, kind of just keeping myself engaged and aware of what's going on. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I, I always find myself, uh, like if I'm doing an informational interview or networking, I always ask them first, like, can we get on Zoom? But it always ends up in a phone call. So it, I think definitely like this is probably going to be here to stay. It's so convenient. And I think people are still working on getting themselves onto like Zoom rather than phone calls. I like, I like Zoom. At first, I was really anxious about it because I, I just there's like too much attention on me but then you realize there's like a hundred other people in the room so right and probably yeah. you know at any moment maybe two people are looking at you but not too much to worry about there and I think something else to keep in mind is that zoom fatigue which is kind of a new term mm-hmm. folks are throwing out there that is real if there's a day when you know even though I prompt you and push you and ask you the whole time in pro seminar to turn your cameras on mm-hmm. I understand that there are some days when you just can't do that um and and that's perfectly appropriate there are some days when I can't be on camera I just need sort of a break from that and zoom fatigue is real and I'd prefer a phone call or I'd prefer an audio only conversation um and I think sort of normalizing that and getting to that point is a good idea too but balance is important and I and in any circumstance right mm-hmm. yeah. that's actually really that's a really good advice that balance is a key kind of yeah. thing so what is the best advice pertaining to just like career and professional uh, professional development which you have received and which you would want to share with our listeners mm. You know, not necessarily exactly when I was a seeker myself, a career seeker, but one of my mentors in this industry is actually the first person who hired me at Chapman. Um, her name is Sandra Haig. I'm going to send her a message after this um, here. And she was um, running the accounting recruiting program and was the assistant director of the Career Center for Undergraduate Students. Um, and she sort of taught me everything I know about managing through the, the industry here and working with college students. And, and through doing that, I learned a lot about how to... Um, how to create refined resumes, right? So tailoring your resume exactly to each position you're applying for and making sure you're really reviewing and and scanning through a job description, reading between the lines, trying to figure out exactly what it is your, your qualifications match to. Um, Another good piece of advice that I've learned and and this is sort of from the perspective of being um, a woman in a job search, we have a very different approach um, to, to things like this than, than men do in many cases. So for example, a woman will wait until she meets a hundred percent of the qualifications for a job before even considering an application. Whereas a man in the same circumstance would probably apply for something he made like 60 to 75% of the qualifications for just willing to throw their hat in the ring, no problem. So one of my best pieces of advice and things that I've received is to to apply anyway, right? So with, without sort of being egregious to, to being outside of the qualifications for something, if it requires a PhD and you have a bachelor's degree, then maybe it makes sense mm-hmm. you don't apply. But if you meet almost every qualification or even the bulk of them, apply anyway. There, It's very possible that you are exactly what they're looking for and the likelihood of them getting 100% of their qualifications is pretty slim. So making sure you don't uh, take yourself out of the running before you even had an opportunity to start. I think that's really useful and helpful advice. I've been told that before too. I, I always just like, I don't meet 
a lot of these but i meet some of them and then i don't apply but then you don't know what could yeah. have been so it doesn't hurt to just apply <laughs> yeah i mean absolutely. it's always like the opportunities which you don't take are the ones you lose so yes. it's always important to take every opportunity which you get yeah what is the you you miss 100% of the shots you don't take i think yeah. that's the idiom right that's, yes. yeah that's absolutely so just take the shot um, so what is the best platform our listeners can reach out to you if they want more advice and just kind of just want to chat with you you know, I think but that's a I'm I'm happy to to chat with anybody. I always tell my students when the, even if there's rules about contacting me a certain amount of time after graduation, I am your career pal for life. You can find me anywhere you want to. Um so LinkedIn is probably the best way to do that. Find me on LinkedIn, send me a message. I'm fairly responsive in that way. Um and if we need to take it offline and go to email or set up a Zoom, I'm happy to do that too. Awesome. Thank you so much and we'll share those the the LinkedIn link in the bio for these episode this episode. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I think, thank you again, Brittany, for taking out time uh, for speaking with us today. I think, as uh, we were saying the, earlier, uh, you have been a huge positive influence in this program for us, even despite it being online. Uh, I definitely have learned a lot from you, and I'm extremely kind of, everything which I've, which I've learned from you, I've been applying into what we're doing for the job search. And honestly, like in the entire conversation today and every pro seminar class is always inspiring to me. So thank you so much for taking out time and even for everything you do. Absolutely. Yeah. I, okay, basically said it all. I feel very similarly. Thank you for being there since like even before day one. I really appreciate that. And thank you for coming on. I think this will be a very useful and helpful episode for our listeners. Completely agree. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. I'm so proud of both of you for, for jumping into this endeavor and doing this together. And I can't wait to see how applying the things we've talked about in class and in our one-on-one -on -one appointments leads you to your success. It is inevitable. I know the two of you will land in really exciting places after the program, and I can't wait to see. Thank you so much, Brittany. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. <laughs> thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.